You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Uh, tonight I've got uh, Jim Johnson with Hello. me. Hello. Also got Daniel Reinhardt. What's up, Fin Fans? And we're going to do some uh, roster predicting tonight. We're also going to uh, give our end of season awards. And uh, first, we're going to start off by discussing the uh, games that took place on uh, championship weekend. That was some phenomenal football. up until, Jim, you want to say it? <laughs> up until that horrible call or no call, I guess we should say, against the against the Saints. <laughs> you know, we had some great football that weekend, and they were two very good games. But that call at the end of that game was completely, utterly unacceptable. I keep calling it a call because it should have been a call. Non-call? Yeah, it was an uncall. Uh, the referee was right there watching one yeah, of we, the. We call that a non-call. Yeah, it's a non-call. But you know, realistically, it was pass interference. It was it was helmet to helmet, and it was a defenseless receiver. So you had three options to go, but nothing happened, and that's that's terrible. It changed the outcome of the game. It changed the team that was going on to the Super Bowl. And it's just, it's a terrible thing for the NFL. And it just, there has to be some sort of resolution for it moving forward. You know, and you could see, so the defensive back admitted afterwards that he he got there too early, right? But you could see it directly after that play too, on that defensive back's face. He could not believe that there wasn't a flag. The NFL got that one wrong. Well, he basically said, I believe that he did it intentionally because he knew he was beat. For sure. And he, he figured a flag did. there would have been a better alternative than a touchdown. So it's tough to argue with that. Yeah, you can't blame the defender. He was trying to salvage a, a, a reception, and I get that. But uh, there was two officials that had their eyes on the play, and nothing happened. And that's, like I say, that, that changes the outcome of a NFC championship game, and that can't be allowed in the future. It's a bad look. That's the problem. It's a bad look for the league because anytime there's a late flag, people question incentive. You know, why, why did the refs, why didn't they call that or why did they call that, whatever the case is. You know, are they, are they is there a fix or is there something shady going on? You know, there's all those questions open up because that's how people think. Uh, they don't think it's, you know, just an honest mistake. They think that there must be something shady going on, especially if it involves the Patriots. Uh, so, oh, you want to talk about the rough and the passer call? Well, there you go. And what does everybody say? You know, you can't touch the poster boy. Right. You know, everybody gets crazy with it. You know, but uh, my theory has always been this, and 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 you know, look, it's unacceptable. You cannot allow these mistakes to happen. They've got to find a way to fix it. Uh, but. If you let one play lose a game for you or one bad call lose a game for you, you did not do enough to win it. And that's you, the bottom line. You got it. And so let me play devil's advocate for a second because the Saints still had an opportunity to score mm-hmm. a touchdown after that. And they had a chance to stop the Rams from going down the field and getting the tying field goal. And 
they had first possession in overtime and Breeze threw a, a, a terrible pick as he got hit. Right. So the Saints, while I feel terrible for their fans and for that ball club because if that penalty was called, run the clock out, kick the field goal, win it, go to the Super Bowl. In in all reality, they still had an opportunity to win that game after that. So even though that call was blown, uh, they they could have still been able to to win that game. Uh, so as going forward, the NFL will they're going to make adjustments to this. It remains to be seen how they're going to do it. There's a lot of opportunity, well, a lot of options. Sean Payton's on the competition committee, so you he know certainly he's, he's going to drive. He's going to drive something home. And this is a conversation that they've had in years past as well about making penalties reviewable. So we know that there's going to be some change. It just remains to be seen what they're going to do. But regardless, we had some excellent football to watch this last weekend. And there are two very deserving teams going to the Super Bowl. I wish it wasn't New uh, New England for a couple of reasons. One, I, I'd like to get our coach in, but also I'm tired of seeing Tom Brady and Bill oh, Belichick. In the Super Bowl. Unless you're a Patriot fan, you're tired. God, I'm of sick it. of it. Yeah, unless yeah, you're a, it, unless you're a Patriot fan, it's oh. it's it's rough it's rough up here in Rhode Island because yeah. it's been hysteria, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, will it Not stop? Again. Will it stop, <laughs> please, sometime? <laughs> Let me add, if you're a Patriots fan, I hope you're not listening to this podcast. Well, you know, sometimes people <laughs> sneak in and say they're Dolphin fans when they're not, so you never know. If you're a Patriots fan and you're listening, please share, like, and comment on the podcast the wherever Bills, you Bills listen. Bills fan try and join a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, I did post uh, the link for the podcast on my on my uh, Facebook page the other day, and I wondered I, how, I wondered how many uh, Patriots friends of mine were going to uh, harass me about it, but I really oh. didn't. I really didn't take much flack over it. So good. Good. Uh, well, I hope not. You know, we, we try and do an honest job. So with that in mind, uh, we wanted to talk about our awards. Now, I've got several of them. Who would you guys pick for player of the year? Are we talking like, about offensive, defensive? Or are we talking about MVP? Well, MVP. Jim, you want to go first on this one? Sure, I'll hit this one up. I Looking at this, I've thought about it a, a couple different ways, but... I've got to give it to Xavier Howard. Uh, this guy really, he produced, what, seven interceptions and changed changed the outcome of a few games and really was basically a shutdown corner. If, yeah. you take, if you take him out of the equation, we didn't have anybody really else to fill that spot. It would have been... Yes, yes we did. Well, we had somebody to fill the spot, but we didn't have somebody that was going to play the way Xavier Howard did. So, uh, it, I think if oh he, no, okay, I, I I follow what you mean. I thought you meant we it, didn't have another MVP candidate. Oh no, no, no. As far as on the yeah, field, on the field, I yep. think he was the single most important guy. So I'm going to give my that big award to Xavier Howard. Yeah, and I completely concur with that. As far as that goes, as well, the Miami Dolphins selected him as their team MVP. And while the Dolphins have got some things wrong over the last few years, I think they got this one right. And and I think that when he was on the field, he was absolutely our biggest game changer. With all the interceptions, the ones in the back of the end zone, the locking down other wide receivers, other teams' wide receivers, he was a game changer and a game wrecker as far you as guys have short memories. Short uh, memories. Yeah, I, well, I have yeah. a short memory. Yeah, yep. what happened? What happened in the uh, Cincinnati game when Tunsil went out? 
Hey, no, I I completely agree, and we'll talk about Tunzel here. He's he's your MVP as far as I'm concerned. Hey, everybody else can pick Howard. He's my MVP. Hey, come on now, I picked him at the mid year. Uh, Offensive player of the year or something. But, uh, yeah, Tunzel's had an exceptional year as well. Yeah, He's grown a lot. I think- as far as as far as far X is concerned, let me add this. He was second-team All-Pro, yes. right? And yes. and on top of that, he was named to the AFC All-AFC all team. Yep, so, he did yeah. great, yeah. but he's getting hurt. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, 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 look, the guy had seven interceptions in a fairly limited amount of time. Uh, so I give him all the kadoos in the world. I mean, he was definitely uh, uh, almost what I would say an impact player. Uh, he's knocking on impact players' door. X? Yes. Knocking on impact players' knocking door? Knocking on the door, yes. Oh, uh, oh, oh Mike. Knocking on the door. Well, he's Mike, an impact player for sure. Mike's taken too much, taken a lot away for the time, the games that he missed. And, Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. I got I to gotta say, he did miss some time, so... Uh, you know, Tunzel did very well, and I don't. I think he only allowed one sack out of 16 games, so that's unheard of for a tackle. So, yeah, I, I'd be okay with Tunzel as well, but I, I'm still going to stick with Howard. Let yep. me let me roll with that Tunzel for a second because Tunzel is my offensive player of the year, without okay. a doubt. He he improved tremendously. He cut down by far on his pre-snap penalties he only allowed one sack all season he was able to protect the blind side for 16 games he did exactly what we wanted him to do coming out into that first round and we have finally able to say that he is our our left tackle that we always wanted him to be so i agree his value to the team is immense and really immeasurable because he did go out in the Cincinnati game and Ryan Tannehill started throwing jump passes, you know? So we, we know how much value he has to the team, but I don't, he didn't contribute to the wins. Like I think that X did. And that's why I gave him my, well, he didn't contribute. He didn't contribute to the losses. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, you, yeah. you kind of, piss, uh-huh. you kind of pissed me off right there because Uh-oh. you, you brought in that visual of the damn jump passes again. <laughs> I had finally purged them from my mind, and you did it. You know who? Uh, uh, you know who helped prevent a lot of jump passes this year, and he was my runner-up for offensive MVP. MVP, and that's Frank Gore. Yeah. You know, being able to turn around and hand off the ball to Frank Gore, and for him to be able to run it. You know, what was he getting? Six yards a clip. Um, Frank Gore is my runner-up to Tunzel, and I would have loved to. Have seen him been able to finish the season so so i guess we all have howard for our defensive player of the year so there's no real reason to discuss that yeah uh, yep x is the defensive player of the season yeah pretty- and i'm i'm gonna guess that we all have uh fitzpatrick as rookie of the year does somebody have someone different the only person that i else could throw in there is is sanders our place kicker he was spot on but i still have to give it to fitzpatrick but sanders is uh worthy of uh honorable mention right there yeah Yeah, i i agree with that as well um you can't talk about our rookies without talking about jerome baker but sanders did an amazing job and and i do like Minka for the defensive rookie of the year or the rookie of the year um and just to add uh jason sanders was named to the all rookie team 
And Minka Fitzpatrick actually got a vote at defensive back for the All-Pro team, which is something that's really interesting because he traveled around through all those defensive back positions this year. And it's going to be really interesting to see how well he develops and if he uh, becomes the All-Pro that we think that he possibly can be. Well, the question is, where are they going to put him? I assume free safety, but we're going to have to see. We'll see. Yeah, we got a lot of pieces in the wind right now. Yep. Uh, Comeback player of the year, I think we all agree on McMillan. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Raekwon, he started out kind of slow, but he he improved quite a bit, especially in the run game and had uh, several stops for a loss or no gain. So, you know, McMillan's, you know, making progress, and uh, it's good to see him contributing. I think through the last four to six weeks of the season, he was our most improved player uh, on the team. I loved what I seen from him coming down the stretch last year, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do next year. I think uh, honorable mention here would have to go to uh, one of the offensive players, and that would be Jawan James. <laughs> you thought I was going to say Tannehill, didn't <laughs> no, you? No, I didn't. I thought we were going to make gonna it, happen, boys. Thought we were going to have a Tannehill free program, but I guess not. Um, all I can no. think, all I can think about is the damn jump ball, the jump pass. I know, no, it, I'm it, all rattled. It was ugly. You know, I give him credit for trying to make a play. It just that was the wrong time to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, so let's let's transition over to the roster since we're talking about Tannehill. Uh, might as well start with the quarterback position. Um, <laughs> we've we've got four on the roster. We've got uh, Tannehill. We've got David Fails. We've got Brock Eisweiler, and we've got Luke Falk. Uh, I think this is a good spot for Daniel's favorite saying. <laughs> Cut his ass. Yeah. <laughs> you could say cut all their asses, yeah. but uh, Osweiler is a free agent. Yeah, I don't think we re-sign Osweiler. Yeah. I, I really don't. I don't I, either. Mike, you how you feel about uh, Tannehill? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I think we need to cut his ass. I think ass. he cut his ass. I do. Yeah, but it's time. But, you it know, they, they may time. they may think something else, but, you know, who knows. But uh, if I'm in charge of that team, I, I'd rather Luke Falk play quarterback than, than watch Tannehill another season. Look, Flores has devised defensive game plans against Tannehill for long enough to know that Tannehill isn't the guy. I, I mean, I would have thought that our last head coach would have known that Tannehill isn't the guy. But Flores has got to know that Tannehill isn't the guy. And yeah, I, I would really like to know what Gase's fascination was with Tannehill. Was that legit, or was it an addict from Ross, or what exactly was that? Because uh, you know the guy's a pretty good coach. We're never going to know, regardless of what happened here. I'd and be I gotta, interested to know. I got to think he knows a quarterback, and I can't imagine that he was really as comfortable with Tannehill as he made himself sound. I would, man. I would think not. You know, but we talked about that in previous podcasts too. You would think that he is just sticking up for the guy because he has to yeah. or because he's being told because he's a good enough coach to know. We're never going to know. We're you know, never going to know. He was on the Levitard show and completely dodged the question when Levitard asked him about Tannehill. Which was interesting. Which was I, interesting. He completely dodged the question. And so I'm going to say we are never going to know rather he really thought Tannehill was the guy or well, not. Well, maybe that's your answer right there that he dodged the question. But – they kept saying Tannehill gave us the best chance to win, right? Well, that's true. Coming into this next season, we're not looking for the best chance to win. So I don't see I don't see a single reason that Tannehill needs to be on the roster. Yeah, I 
you know, it's going to cost us money to, to get rid of Tannehill unless we can find a trade partner that's, that's willing to absorb that salary. And it's still going to cost us money either way. But we've had several years of this, and I think it would, be, it would do more damage to our team in 2019 to have him our, be our quarterback regardless of the money uh just attitude you damn right it just would. attitude locker room all of the above i mean your offensive linemen are like why should i block for this guy uh we just the fans we just we just need a new direction and the quarterback is the leader in whatever that direction is so we need to get rid of him and put whoever under center and see what happens miami dolphin fans are tired of seeing Tannehill as the quarterback you know, it has nothing to do with Tannehill, the man, how good of a person he is, and none of that stuff. We are tired, and I think I could speak for the entire fan base. We're you tired can't. of seeing Tannehill under no, center. You can't. And Flores has to do something about it, oh. or it's going to start over. Okay. And we're all going to be upset going into next year. Nobody's going to be happy with the direction of the team. I'm going to question Greer, you know, if we keep Tannehill. It's time. Oh. It's time to cut his ass. Okay, the horse is dead. Let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> Are we going to resign Falk or not resign yeah. him, but keep him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they'll they'll probably keep Falk and, and David Fales, for that matter, just until they uh, decide what else they're going to do. Yeah, I, I don't see a reason not to and at least keep him through camp and see if he has anything to offer. Uh, now, I think... Neither one of them are, are uh, making very much money, so I, I don't see that as an issue. I see no reason why they both wouldn't at least be invited to camp and get, have an opportunity to make the roster. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I think is going to happen. And unless they come up with a different plan, you know, they'll they'll at least get a shot because they haven't even really seen what Falk can do yet. Right. But, you know, you usually bring four or five quarterbacks to camp. Yeah, and I don't even think they seeing what Falk can do yet matters anymore because they are gone right you know Loggins is gone Gase is gone the rest of that coaching staff is in limbo you know I don't know how many are still sticking around right now but they are going to be all new people anyway so yeah well Greer isn't new. yeah we don't know how much well how much Greer coaching staff how much Greer had to do with bringing Falk in in the first place right um, now, running back, you've got uh, Frank Gore, you've got Kenyon Drake, you've got Brandon Bolden, you've got Sonoris Perry, and you've got Kalen Balage. Bolden and Perry are free agents. Yep, so is Gore. Okay. Yep. So, of those three free agents, are there any of those uh, players you're going to uh, look to resign? Well, I think Sonoris Perry is such a good uh, special teams player that they're probably going to want to bring him back. And I think the same for Brandon Bolden. You know Flores knows Bolden from being in New England. So I think that Bolden and Perry both come back. For Gore, it's going to depend on if he takes the vet minimum again because he took the vet minimum last year just to come down and play in Miami. If he does, I think he'll be on the roster at the beginning of the season, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So basically you're saying there's not going to be a whole lot of change. I think, I think the running backs stay the same. The only wild card is if we draft some guy. You know, there's talk of maybe pulling one out of the draft, but I mean, we got Bryce Love in a recent mock draft in the second round. I, I don't see that happening, but if we draft a guy, then maybe maybe one of those guys uh, isn't on the roster. Yeah, my only knock against Gore, and it's not really a knock; it's just you know he's got different different strengths. But 
you don't get much breakaway from him. And uh, if, if I had my druthers, I'd look for maybe a little more talented Kenyon Drake, somebody who's maybe just a little bit stronger and uh, a little more reliable catching out of the backfield. You know, if I don't have a problem with that. If Gore wasn't here this year, you know, Kalen Balaj would have seen a lot more touches, and we and he may be the guy, and we may we, we might have learned a lot mm-hmm. about him because he showed some flashes, and you know, you've got Centerese Perry, Balaj, and Bolden who have all showed some some good some good bursts here and there, uh, and none of them are going to be expensive to keep, so. I don't think they're going to want to change much at running back. They got a lot of other issues to address, so they're liable to bring Perry and Bolden back and keep Drake and Balage and see what Gore feels like doing and go from there. For for me, it all depends on whether Gore takes the vet minimum or if he retires. You know, he very well could retire. We'll see. He said he wants to come back. Sure. Yeah. Well, he was getting paid like a million dollars last year, and it. It's yep. going to be about the same for him to come back because I think that's about his minimum floor at his, you know, number of years in the league. So, but, you know, a million. I, I tend to, I tend to think they won't resign him. Yeah, I think they're going to want to go with, with younger players. But uh, it's tough not to bring a guy like Gore back because, you know, he's a South Florida guy and, and you know, he's he'll sell you tickets and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was back, but uh, it won't hurt my feelings if he's not. I wouldn't be surprised either way. He's It's kind of a big question mark with him. All right, let's talk wide receiver. Uh, you got Kenny Stills. Now, Kenny Stills, his cap number here is uh, $9,750,000. You've got Danny Amendola, $6 million. You've got Albert Wilson, uh, $4.8 million. You've got Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Le- Leontay Carruth, and uh, Bryce Butler, Isaiah Ford, uh, and, Travis, sure and Travis Rudolph. So uh, the only guy I, I think I didn't hear you mention is our first rounder out of Louisville. No, I did, I did mention him. Okay. I, I went right after Albert Wilson. Um uh, yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll all agree that Devontae Parker, no chance in hell he's coming back. And if I didn't mention him, it's for good reason. Because uh, you forgot you but, forgot uh, about him just like during the year. Well, no, I, I do believe I mentioned him, but we can listen back and see. But the, the the point to this is, if I did mention him, I won't be mentioning him come football season. God, um, I hope not. No, I don't think so. I, I'd be really surprised if they resign him for ten million or whatever it is they're going to have to spend. Uh, now the question is, will they bring Kenny Stills back for ten million? <laughs> I mean, I think they would. I don't. I mean, he's our veteran guy, you know. Other than Amendola, and I could see Amendola being cut because of his cap hit. I can see them both being cut. To yeah. be honest with you, I don't um, think not, Kenny not Stills necessarily goes cut, but I, th- I would think they try and trade them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of our top tier pay scale guys are are gone because you know this may be a cleansing episode this year and you know nine million bucks is a is a substantial chunk but he's realistically your only vet receiver that's going to be on the seat on the team because i don't think they bring amandola back uh he's 33 years old six million bucks so you've got albert wilson he's a veteran well Well, that's true but i mean i mean like dolphins veterans you know what i'm saying so but you know wilson and grant you know those guys will be back uh but 
it's it's a catch-22. You know, Carew didn't show much. I mean, I'm thinking that Kenny Stills is one of the few guys you can trade that might have some value. That's true. He's got some value, no doubt. So that that's my thinking there. You're not going to want to trade Wilson, I don't think. You're not going to want to trade Amendola unless you're getting maybe a seventh-round pick from somebody who has a receiver go down or something. You know, and the rest of these guys are all really too inexperienced to garner anything worth a trade, you know. So I didn't think about the trade value of Stills before this conversation started, and I could actually see that. Uh, it would clear up some money on the bro- the books, and uh, that would be okay. The only thing I, I see that we're going to probably have some dead money if, if that happens, but, you know, we're going to be eating a bunch of cap anyway. Well, As far as Amendola is concerned – I'm going into this season expecting him to be cut, but it wouldn't surprise me if we kept him just because of the connection, the connection to Flores. Yeah. 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 So that's exactly right. I was thinking the same thing, but I just thought that 6 million might be a little steep, but uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. But talking about stills, what do you think he'd be worth on the trade block? A mid draft pick, maybe a fifth round pick. Something I was thinking fourth. Some yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. So he he's a burner. Yeah. You know, and he's a field stretcher. And I'd like to see him stay, but he is five and a half percent of our cap. So we are trying to rebuild, and it wouldn't surprise me if we did uh get rid of him. High fifth, low fourth, you know, it just depends on what team and you know what they have draft pick wise, and that's how that kind of works. Anyway, a tight end. I think this is really intriguing. <laughs> Uh, you've got Gazeki, who, you know, I guess most would say has potential to become better. Uh, you have Marquise Gray, you've got uh, Nick O'Leary, you've got A.J. Derby, and you've got Durham Smythe. Do we have a tight end? You know, I think Nick O'Leary is the closest thing to an actual all-around tight end, but it's a catch-22. I look at those names, and I'm I'm not all that excited about any of them, really. I, I but, think going into the season, we're not going to have Derby and Gray. I think we keep the other guys. Uh, well, I, I think Gazeki and Smythe will probably be there because Greer's going to be there, and he's going to lobby for them. And, and uh, you know, essentially he's in control of that. So I would think that those two guys will get another season for, for no reason other than they're inexpensive. Yeah. Well, Gazeki ain't going nowhere. And you don't want right. to throw away your draft capital either, you know. So they'll, they'll, they'll right. stick with them right. at least one more year. Or two, and probably. I think Smythe is a pretty good tight end. Really, he's a heck of a blocker, and he got in there and got involved last year. I I expect to see his. He really game wasn't. Elevated. He really wasn't a great blocker. That's the thing. He, that was his reputation, and we thought he was going to be. But when you look at his grades, he he didn't do all that well. Yeah. Well, he at least he was more physical than Gazeki. Definitely, you know? so definitely more physical. That's. You know that's a big adjustment at at tight end to go from the college game into the into the pros, and it often can take a while. But I did like his physicality on Smythe. You know, Gazeki, man, he needs to eat his Wheaties or something. He's just, I he's mean, soft. you just he's he's got a tough. You enough. touch him at all at the line, and he's either stumbling or off his route or off, just. Yeah, yep. not good. He needs to get bigger and stronger, and I'm sure he can. You know, we'll get with the strength coaches, and they'll they'll figure out something for him, but. Uh, We'll see how all that works out. Usually, as Bill Parcells used to say, if they don't bite his pups, they're probably not going to bite. Oh, man, Matt, Matt um, Hawk is going to be mad at us now. Well, you know, Matt Hawk's not a GM. He'll be okay. <laughs> uh, at tackle, uh, we've got 
the big free agent, Jawan James. We've got uh, Laramie Tunsil, who we've already spoke about. We've got Sam Young and Zach Stirrup. Are you guys going to re-sign uh, Jawan James for $10 million a year, whatever it's going to be? What's your take on that, Daniel? Pausing to give you a chance. Um, I, I've, For me, I love the way James came out and played this year better than he did in the past years. But I think he's probably priced himself out of Miami. I don't think that. Well, we're it's the be market. It's not really that he's being unreasonable. And it's it's well, no, but he played well enough to be at the top of the market, and and I think that we're not going to end up being able to resign him, or that we won't. You know. Well, here's I just don't, I just don't see. Here's it. my thought on this. Uh, Flores is coming from the Patriots, and how much he's going to take all those Patriot ways, we don't know, but. The Patriots never spend much, a lot of money, really, on their offensive line, and they get by with, with limited resources and limited money. I think they're ranked at like 26. You posted a chart uh, about the cap money spent on. Yeah, it was down there, 25th, 26th. So they don't spend a lot of money on their offensive line. Now you know, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback can can make you get by with that, but. You know, moving forward, I don't know if, if Flores is going to have that mentality, but here's here's my issue. We need two guards and a center. We've got Kilgore and Sitton, who may return. They're under con- I think uh, Kilgore is under contract, and, and Sitton is a, a free agent. But we st- we'll talk about the guards in a minute. But, yes. but, yeah, we need so much help on the inside. If we're to get rid of our pretty damn good right tackle that opens up a whole nother can of worms and i think i'd just as soon pay the 10 or 11 million bucks and not have to be as worried about that position because we got we got a lot of work to do on the rest of the line i think it comes down to how long do you expect this to take you know what i mean what is their game plan for rebuilding this team if it's to get it competitive in 2020 then i think you're probably re-signing james if they expect it to take a couple of three years, then I think you'll let them walk. Yeah, I don't disagree, Jim. I mean, if we want to have the best possible tackle, you know, we resign him. But I just don't think we're going to end up doing it. I rather we draft a tackle, you know, in the fourth round and throw him in there because really that's what the Patriots do. They draft guys and they start them. You know what I mean? They and they continually do that. They'll draft guys and they'll play them, and then when they price themselves out or be, they become free agents, they they don't they let them go. Yeah, well, we've so. drafted a few guards, and that hasn't worked out very good for us. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> Let's uh-huh. we've got a changing of the changing of the guard, as we say. No play on words there, or maybe a little. Now I'm assuming you guys are not bringing Sam Young or Zach Stirrup back. No, correct? they're both free agents. I think we let them both walk. You know that you might retain them at least. You know I don't know if you'd have to sign them if they're both free agents, but you're going to need. Some, well, Sam Young is a free agent. You're going to need bodies, but I think you'd do just as well with some undrafted guys as you will with these guys. So move on. Okay, at guard, you've got Sitton, you've got Larson, you've got. Jesse Davis, who's an uh, exclusive rights free agent. You've got uh, Isiana, who's also an exclusive rights free agent. And I did make a mistake. Stirrup is not a free agent, but also uh, 
Sitton is not a free agent either. So we do have Sitton and Kilgore both under contract. I think Sitton stays. I think Ted Larson stays. I think Asiata is gone. Stirrup is a free agent. Exclusive rights. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think, you know, most of those guys, you know, Davis, Larson, these guys need to just, we need to move on. I mean, these guys haven't done enough to earn a spot to me. I, I'd just be, I'd be happy with some undrafted free agents and plug them in and see what they can do. What about Asiata? I mean, he really hasn't gotten a chance. None of us have seen him play, so you just well say forget about it. Well, him. I would love to see Asiata do something, but he's had a few opportunities, and he's been on the practice. You know, the the he's been in in camp and through all of this, and he's still never gotten an opportunity. And that, with the rest of our guards, that can't bode well for him. So unless Greer knows something that we don't, I'd move on. I'm assuming he makes it to camp, but we'll see. Regardless of who stays and who goes on the interior of the line, we're in terrible shape. <laughs> Everybody we're, knows that, I'm we're sure. We're in terrible shape. <laughs> well, we've got Sitton and Kilgore, but, you know, they're all 30-something and coming off injuries, and, you know, they made it, what, three and six games or something? Uh, so... Trying to depend on them for the 2019 season is, you know, that's your chances get smaller and smaller every year moving forward. Let's talk about some defense. Uh, at the defensive end position, you've got uh, Robert Quinn, uh, and he's costly. You've Goodbye. got uh, <laughs> Andre Branch, and he's costly. Goodbye. You've got Cameron Wake, and he's costly. You better stay. You got William Hayes, and he's somewhat costly for a guy who never plays. Yep. Uh, you got Charles Harris, who's not very productive but cheap. Uh, you've got Jonathan Woodard, who I don't really know a whole bunch about, and uh, Evander Hood, who's an unrestricted free agent, as is Cameron Wake and William Hayes. You know, these defensive linemen – you know, we're talking, you know, there's some scuttlebutt out there that, you know, what defense are we going to run? Uh, are we going to stay with a 4-3 or are we going to go to a 3-4? Our defensive line is really kind of a mess right now. We got Robert Quinn, you know, he just didn't perform that well. His second half of the season, he, he improved some, but still he's not worth that money. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to switch to a 3-4? And then if you do that, what are you going to do with Cameron Wake? And I think just about everybody would like to see Cameron Wake finish out his career here. But it's some tough choices here. Uh, you know, Vince Taylor and Davon Godchow, they're good in the middle. And Akeem Spence is relatively inexpensive. So keep him in the middle. But the other guys are too much money to me. All right. Now, at, at one thing you, you got to understand about the Patriots. If, if we're talking about the way the Patriots do things, they're not sentimental. I don't think if it were Belichick here that he would care at all how much the fans want to keep awake. He'd say $10 million, goodbye. Especially at his age. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but you know, if we're going to if we're going to use that logic to what they pay the offensive line, then we kind of got to use that logic here as well. Uh, so that's a good point, Mike. 
you know, if, if we're thinking the Patriot way, then we got to think the Patriot way. Oh. The question oh. is, what what are they oh. going to think? You know, because Flores is, is not necessarily going to think the Patriot way from what things are said, you know. Oh, that makes that gives me the chills you saying that we have to do that. Yeah. I'm, oh. Well, you know, it's not totally a bad thing. There are some things that they do very well, and one of those things is manage a roster. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, I would think that some of that has to rub off, but Flores isn't in charge of the roster. Greer is. That's true. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. Yeah, um, Belichick has complete control over that roster. Yes, he does. Flores won't. It's gonna. I think Greer keeps Cameron Wake. I think he keeps Wake. The biggest question mark for me on that list of defensive ends, it's not Robert Quinn. I think he's got to go for that price tag. He's got to go. You know, unless he wants to restructure Andre Branch, he's got to go. We can't. We're not going to keep him at that price. And William Hayes is the biggest question for me because he's a four million dollar contract. Can he stay healthy? Because when he's on the field, he makes a difference. Yeah, you know, he's rather he's, he's rather he's getting to the quarterbacks. Who's over the hill? Yeah, he's yeah, stopping the run. He's he's thirty three years old though, and I think he's also going to be a, a free agent in twenty nineteen. Yep. He so is. yes, uh, he played for four million dollars last year. So maybe he's coming off injury. You know, so maybe we could sign him for. Two and a half million or something like that. That wouldn't be a bad investment, uh, but yeah. But medical supplies are expensive. He may want more than that. Well, that could be. <laughs> but like like you say, a, a lot of it depends on the direction. Are we going to do a three four or are we going to do a four yep. three? There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Well, I think Hayes could probably play in either one. Yes, yeah, he, he certainly he could. could. Yes, yeah, yes. He's he was rotating between. DT and uh, DE last year. So, honestly, I'd like to see Hayes back at a cheaper contract. I'd like to see him stay healthy because I really do like what he brings to the field. I think we all do. When he's yeah. on the field, you know yeah. he's on the field. And Absolutely. there aren't a lot of defenders we can say that yeah, about. Yeah, well, when he went down, our run defense went down with him. Yep. And he led the team in sacks at the time he went out, which I thought was phenomenal. But anyway. Uh, Charles Harris, uh, I think we're all going to keep him. We Hopefully, yeah. we have a reason to. Yeah. Jo- Jonathan Woodard, any thoughts on him? Well, he's a free agent, but I think that we could probably re-sign him for cheap. Uh, we need bodies, so I think he's... You know, he's made some plays, uh, shown flashes, so I if if the price is right and he wants to stay, then so be it. And who was Evander Hood? Did he play? Did we see him on the field? I don't remember seeing anything about him. Because I don't either. I don't either. He so. came in and spelled a few times. I think he's a he's not a free agent. He's still under contract. He's super cheap, as far as I know. He came in mid season or so. I he have was him one of the free, free agents. Agent. I have oh, him do as a they? free agent. Yeah, I could be wrong because this thing is not always right. Sports track, unfortunately. Yeah, but, it uh, does. It does have a little window there where it's not very accurate in between in yeah. between rosters yeah. sets. So anyway, he either either is or he isn't. But the question is, do we know anything about him to say whether he should return or not? I mean, just the fact that we need bodies. I think he's over thirty. It wouldn't surprise me if he's not on the team. But we do need bodies. So if he's cheap, keep him. He would probably be cheap. Yeah. I mean, he play he, his cap charge was three hundred and thirty three thousand. So he's he's not going to be a whole lot more than that if he's as old as you say he is. You know it. Uh, if we don't know who he is or what he can do, then what do we care if he's here or not? 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, defensive tackle, we've got Akeem Spence, we've got Gotchow, we've got Vincent Taylor, we've got Sylvester Williams, and uh, Kendrick Norton. I think they all stay. Now, Williams is a free agent. Yeah, I, 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 well, Spence, I guess, might be a question mark to me, uh, but I think the rest of them stay. Yeah, yeah well, I would see, I could see that. None of them, none of them are expensive. Even Spence that you mentioned, you know, he was playing on $2 million. So as far as the cap goes, that's not a big hit. So he's a body in the middle. Uh, I don't know what they'll do, but it, they can't, they can't cut them all. They only got, what, seven draft picks. So, Right, right. But when I say, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, we're going to pull in on drafted free agents. We're going to pull in cheap players. Oh, uh, yeah. And then try and find a couple of diamonds here and there. Or, uh, guys that want it maybe a little more than their physical uh, dimensions say they should. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, that type of thing. Uh, and that know, being I, said, I mean, Spence was kind of underwhelming this year. That's that was That's why I said it's kind of iffy for me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of underwhelming, there's Kiko Alonso at linebacker. <laughs> I think we cut his ass. Do I you? honestly do, yeah. yeah I, I think it's possible. I think it's time. Well. Uh, Stefan Anthony? I think Anthony's I'm sorry, Jim. Jim, what do you want to say about Kiko? Uh, yeah, it's going to cost us money to get rid of Kiko, but I'd like to try to find a trade partner for him because he's such a liability in the passing game that it's just it's painful to watch. You know, if you could find a team that just runs the ball, Kiko would be an asset. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. It's Tell that to Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd that feel, right? Uh, well, he's done that to a few quarterbacks, not just Flacco. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Anthony is a free agent. Let him go. I think we let him yep. walk. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, they, they made a trade for him. What a waste of a trade that yeah, was. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, we already talked about Raekwon. We're all sure he's coming back. I'm sure we're sure that Baker's coming back. What about yeah. Mike Hall? I think it holds a body in the middle that we're going to keep. Yeah, he. I think he's probably. Yeah, right. he, he he fits a lot of player you know positions, so they'll probably bring him back. It's not going to cost a lot, and uh, he's played a lot of valuable minutes too. So that experience there for cheap is going to be. Essential. And I would say the same for Chase Allen. Now, remember, yep. the, I'm saying they're, they're coming to camp. Whether or not they make the final roster, that's anybody's guess. Yeah, right. and one thing about Stephon Anthony, we said to let him walk. Uh, there, He does have a fifth-year option on his rookie deal uh, that you could pull a, pull a trigger on, but that's six and a quarter million dollars. So you'd have to – Not interested. You'd have, yeah, me neither. But, you, you know, you'd have to cut him and bring him back if you wanted to keep him. Well, again, what scheme are you going to play, and do you see him uh, a better fit in that scheme? You know, these are questions that, that they got to ask themselves because some of these players that we're writing off may be a better fit in the scheme that they're going to use. In addition to that, though, too, if we're thinking the Patriot way, maybe there's a strength that he has that Flores will see once he gets in there and decide he can use him in one way or another. Exactly. So, exactly. I think we let him walk. I don't think we resign him. But it wouldn't surprise me if they found some area that he was strong in that they could use. He was pretty underwhelming, so I don't know that that strength yeah. exists. Uh, <laughs> Special and, teams, baby. Well, true. Um, but you know, I don't know if you're going to pay you know a couple million dollars for a special teamer. Xavier Howard obviously is going to stay. Uh, what about Bobby McCain? Well, we just signed Bobby McCain to a contract. Career's not going to let him walk. Or, or yeah, it was a twenty-eight million dollar deal from McCain. So, how yeah. many years are left on that deal? 
Well, I think it was a three uh, or four year it was deal. A, but hasn't he played two on it already? Yeah, it was a no, it, no. This was his first yeah, year on. This it. was his first yeah, year. This would yeah. be his second year on the contract. Then you were probably right. He's he's probably going to be on the team. And you've got Tankersley. Tank. I I think Tankersley's the biggest question mark here as far as do we cut him or do we keep him. Tankersley, obviously, I think he was the the most underwhelming defender. The biggest disappointment for me yes, coming into the season. Yes, what happened? I, I had high it's expectations for him. Yeah, you got three guys, McTire, Tankersley, and Armstrong, that have all shown flashes here and there. And early on, we thought Tank was going to take that, you know, cornerback number two spot. And then McTire came on when Tankersley kind of faded off. And then that was, they all just flatlined. So... You know, the cheapest guy at quarterback is Jalen Davis, and I think he might have more potential than any of the three you just mentioned. I like Jalen Davis a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got potential, no doubt. But what I think is going to happen is they'll keep a lot of these guys because they don't cost much, and they'll get uh-huh. get them into camp with a few new bodies and, you know, yep. get let, let, them battle let, the, comp- I think let right. the competition begin. And I think that we draft a cornerback in one of the first three rounds in addition to that. I think that we definitely need somebody on the other side of X. And well, speaking speaking of which, I'm I'm going to say this here, and it's going to hurt me, guys. But I think with the full rebuild that we are in, it wouldn't surprise me if we actually do trade Xavier Howard, because Boom. first of all, I, hey, I'm just telling you, like I don't want. I don't want shock that me to either. happen. No, it wouldn't but shock me either. He's got a he's got a new contract coming up sometime soon, and we're gonna have to pay him like like an all pro. And two, I think there's one player that's safe on the roster, and that's Tunsil. I think anybody else could be traded. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think that right now the trade, uh, the trade assets that you could get in return for Xavier Howard are. are Pretty pretty large. Oh yeah, there's substantial. There's, contend, so, there's contending teams out there that would love to have a Xavier Howard uh, to make it a run. Surprise so, me. You know, you've seen that kind of deal with Akib Talib. He's he's shifted teams here and there, and they they're just looking for a hired gun. You know, and Revis the same way. These are guys that can impact games and get a team over the hump. So it wouldn't be terribly surprising. Uh, Howard is always already. It would suck. Yeah, I don't want to see him go, but. I mean, all this talk about the cornerbacks all pivots on what happens with Xavier Howard because if he leaves, you know, we need we need two of each. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, look, we don't know who they're going to trade and who they're not going to trade. And uh, the only reason you'd consider trading him is because number one, you may not foresee being competitive before he starts the downward arc of his career, and uh, you know, obviously, you're going to have to pay through the nose for him. So you know, they have to decide, do they want to do that? And how quickly do they think they can turn it around? And and the answers to those questions will answer whether or not he's somebody you want to trade. Uh, my hunch is they won't trade him, but it would not shock me if they do. And they should honestly be in talks with him right now about what he expects for that next uh, they contract. Don't have, they don't have money to do – well, talk, yeah, they can Talks, talk all they want, yeah. right. But and that they gives don't have them the to opportunity to know rather they're going to be able to afford him and try to keep him or rather they trade him. Well, he said he wants to be the highest-paid cornerback in the league. He's already said that. So if, if that's the you know starting point, so you're probably talking somewhere around 15, 16, 17 million. Yeah, and his agent can't be talked to yet either, so – 
that can't happen till mid-March or something. So that's going right. to slow. They can't do it right to the new right. year. Uh, so um, at, at safety, we've got uh, Rashad Jones, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, TJ McDonald, Walt Ickens, and Maurice Smith. I could see all those guys coming back, but Maurice Smith is a free agent. Yeah, I think Murray Smith comes back if if just for the fact that he would be pretty cheap and we need him on special teams. He's also played valuable minutes, which is uh, indispensable. I think the one guy to watch here is Rashad Jones because he does cost a little bit more than the other guys. I was he's getting a little cap long hits in the big tooth. though if you, if you cut him. Yeah, well, it's... I, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be a cut. He's another one of those guys that if they can find a trade partner for right. it, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go. All right, so we've got uh, Jim, did you want to add something? I on was that just going to cover the same thing on Rashad Jones, you know, it's I wouldn't be surprised if they if they were to try to deal him, but it would be difficult considering his cap numbers. So he wasn't, he was unhappy with Gase last year. So hopefully Greer can smooth that out and get Jones back on track. All right. Now I'm going to be the uh, bearer of bad news. I think uh, John Denny has played his last down as a Dolphin. I was wondering. Yeah. You I know, I was wondering if we was going to bring that he up. Was, yeah. I th- I think he was so. dinged up last year and I thought he was going to miss that one start and he ended up playing. I was glad to see that. But then I was like, yeah, I think he's going to retire this off season. He's 40 years old. Yep. He's been playing for what, as long as Brady's been playing. You know, and uh, he was banged up. He's a free agent. There's just a lot of cards on the table that say that he may not be back, may not play another down. And, uh, of course, I think the kickers and punters will be back. So that pretty much covers uh, the roster. Is there anything else you guys want to add tonight? Well, basically, as far as the roster is concerned, no. Overall. All I can say is everybody's been pretty wound up about these coaches and, you know, the Patriots are still playing and there won't be anybody left. Uh, Face it, there's only two teams left that don't have all their coaches in place. So it's really not anything to be upset about. You know, Flores has probably already really decided who he wants in these positions. Uh, they just can't make anything official. So, you know, everybody needs to take a deep breath and uh, relax a bit. And uh, let's let's see how it all plays out. And, and he'll fill the roster up with all his coaches. So we'll see what happens. Daniel? As far as I'm concerned, I don't really have anything else to add to the podcast. I just want to make sure I thank everybody for listening. You've heard us talk multiple times about a recent post or one of us, we mentioned somebody's name in the podcast. You can find us at Miami Dolphins hashtag number one on Facebook. That is our home site. That's where we engage in Dolphins Talk 24 7, 365. There's a lot of posts, a lot of things on there that you can definitely join in the conversation with us. We look forward to having you there. Please like, share, and comment on this podcast. We'll continue to bring you content. All right, everybody, I want to thank you guys for joining me and thank everybody else for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up, everybody.